Any type of tendonitis is one of the most frustrating things for athletes or even people that are doing recreational activities. It really starts to limit what kinds of things you can do. It starts to break your body down and it starts to affect beyond that activity. It starts to affect your daily life and pretty soon you have all of this kind of pain. But all of this is completely preventable. If you understand the mechanism, what kinds of things will help to alleviate these discomforts and also understand what kinds of things you need to do to restore that strength and function so that you can do all of the things that you want to do, you'll see that it's completely preventable. Welcome to the HNL Movement Podcast, where everything is geared to leveling up your performance in activities, sports, and life. Join me in my professional journey as I share my knowledge and experiences while also learning from professionals, colleagues, clients, and you with one goal in mind, how to optimize human performance. This is the right place to learn how a multidimensional approach will sustain the performance and lifestyle you desire. Today's topic is all about tendonitis. Anything to do with tendinopathy. Doesn't matter if you have tendinitis, tendinosis, tenosynovitis, they're all tendon related issues. And yes, there are some differences between each of these, where the inflammation is and what are some of the underlying issues physiologically. But from a standpoint of training and movement, they're all very similar. How to address them, how to deal with them, as far as how to get you back to doing all of the activities that you want to do and how to restore that strength. It's very similar. There's a lot of overlap when it comes to rehab and strength and conditioning. So today we're going to keep it really short. I want to just break this down and give you some a basic understanding as to what's going on with any type of tendinopathy. And I'm going to go over six basic steps. And if you're encountering any type of tendonitis right now, hopefully this episode will give you some insight as to where you need to address these issues and what kinds of things you can do to help to get over that hump and return back to all of the things that you want to do. So the first thing that I want to say is that with any type of tendinopathy, your body is just not able to meet the demands of whatever the activity is that you're doing. This could be from a strength standpoint, maybe your muscles are shutting down, maybe your strength is just not meeting the level that you want to perform these activities. It could be the intensity. Maybe you're just doing too much too quickly. A lot of times for tendonitis, we see the onset come on when there's a drastic change in activity levels, drastic change in intensity, or it could be just a drastic increase in volume. Volume meaning your total volume or total level of activity and everything that comes with that. So it could be simply too much resistance, too much load, and you're just doing it way too many sets, way too frequently throughout the week. It could also be the volume of your overall lifestyle. Are you doing physically demanding tasks throughout the day outside of your sport, outside of training that's taxing your body too? So we need to be smart about this overall training volume and movement volume because it is something that our body has to adapt and overcome. Overall, whenever we get into this situation where our body is not able to meet the demands of activities, we are not going to increase our strength and conditioning. We are not going to increase our performance level. We are not going to be able to recover effectively to do this task again. And once we get to this point, basically it's just like a ticking time bomb. It's a question as not if, but when is your body going to start to break down? And a lot of times 
Hopefully it's not anything serious, but it might turn into these soft tissue types of injuries, your tendinopathies. And before you know it, something that could have been prevented or could have been addressed earlier just snowballed into something that becomes so debilitating that it's affecting everything that you do throughout the day. And that's typically the trend that we see with any type of tendinopathy is it starts off relatively slow. You're having some joint discomfort. You're having patellar tendonitis in your knee. You're having medial epicondylitis in your arm when you're throwing. You're having some type of rotator cuff tendonitis in your shoulder. And it starts off slow. You feel it and you know this isn't normal, but you keep pushing through it. And before you know it, it's not only affecting maybe some of your practice, but it's affecting the whole duration of your activity. Then after that, if you don't address some of the underlying issues, pretty soon it affects beyond your activity. After your activity is done, the day after, before activities, it's starting to become more of a a nagging issue that you can't get rid of because so many things are shut down at this point. Once we get to that point where we can't even do daily things because of the tendinopathy pain, That is usually, unfortunately, when a lot of people start to take action. But really, when it's first started, that onset, when it was very mild, that's the time to take care of tendinopathy. The other thing is, if this is a recurring issue, there could be a lot of other things that are affecting stress going into your tendon. If you're training right, if you're training smart, you have a very progressive program, you're in good condition to carry out the demands of your activity. Really, your muscle and your tendon, they should work together. You should not have a problem with any type of tendon issue if you're training in the right way because your muscles will be absorbing all of the force that you are carrying out with whatever the movement is. And that's basically how your muscle works. Your tendon, your tendon, it it's not a contractile elastic type of tissue. Your tendon is there to support your muscles. It plays a crucial supporting role to your muscle. And if your muscle is really strong, you will actually take away some of that stress going into your tendon. And your tendon will be there just to just to pretty much move your body, move your limb, attach to the bone, and help you carry out whatever activity you need to do. So that's my little spiel about tendonitis is that if you do proper training, if your muscles are strong, very responsive, your body's working together as a whole, your tendons are not meant to take up excessive stress. All of that stress should go into your muscles, your shock absorbing system, and help you to do all of the things that you want to do and keep getting stronger. I have six steps for what you can do to address any type of tendinopathy. And the first thing that I want to say is basically just get checked out. If it's any type of joint issue, you should get checked out. You should get checked out from an orthopedic standpoint just to see structurally, is there anything concerning that we should be aware of? But also from a movement standpoint, I cannot address enough with a lot of tendinopathy. The way that we're moving is just biomechanically going to throw way more stress into your joints and your tendons. And until we correct how you're moving, how you're able to execute strength tasks or power tasks, it's always going to come back because the underlying cause is from a movement and strength standpoint. So if you have a long history suffering from tendonitis, I would say go get checked out from a movement standpoint. And sometimes this could even be like how you're carrying out certain techniques 
or certain movements in your sport that a coach can help you with. Because a lot of times when you clean up biomechanics, you'll start to move better. You'll start to utilize your muscles better. You'll also perform better, which is a big component of any athlete or any recreational activity that you want to carry out. So that's step one. Get checked out, know what's going on, and assess the way that you're moving. Step two, a big thing with any type of pain, this is beyond tendinopathy, but especially for tendonitis, is that things start to get tight. And it's unpredictable what will get tight. Typically, what you'll see is that muscle that is going into that tendon and attaching to the bone, that will start to shut down and get tight because there is pain in your tendon and it affects the way your muscle functions. But also other things could be getting tight. Your antagonist, the muscle doing the opposing action, sometimes that gets tight because it's trying to help out and trying to prevent any excessive pain and you'll start to get tightness there. Sometimes the proximal stabilizers, or oftentimes I should say, the proximal stabilizers will start to get tight. That's typically what you see is because The proximal stabilizers are now trying to assist the muscle to do its action and stabilize the proximal joint or limb at the same time. So it's like doing double duty. And when it does that, it's just getting overworked. So that being overworked presents as excessive tightness. So it all depends on how long it's been going on, what types of movements you're doing. But typically, you'll see a lot of muscle soft tissue tightness, but you might also see joint stiffness and joint restrictions. So you need to understand that once you have this pain, once you have any type of tendinopathy, mobility is going to start to get restricted. Now this is that vicious circle again, because once mobility gets restricted, then you're going to probably throw more stress into your tendon because you're not moving how you should. Your muscles lost more force absorption capabilities and lost more control as to how to execute movements, which in turn throws more more stress into your tendon. So what you see is that mobility kind of fuels the fire for more tendonitis. And then the more that your tendon gets inflamed, the more pain that you have, that fuels the fire for more mobility restrictions and soft tissue tightness. And you kind of get stuck in this where your body is really starting to break down and shut down now. So that's step two, address mobility and work on the right types of mobility things that will help your body move better. Step three, what to focus on is basic strength and activation exercises. A lot of times, because things are shutting down, if you try to do the activities that you are accustomed to, a lot of times your muscles won't meet those strength demands. And as a result, because your muscle is not doing all of the work, you'll start to throw it into other tissues, your tendon again, your joint, and that's not what you want to do. So to reset the system and to turn this around, we just need to do basic strength and activation exercises. And for me, what I see, a lot of times you just need to get that brain to muscle connection again. It's a lot of neuromuscular activation things. Very basic exercises, just trying to make sure that we can actually contract and utilize your muscle without relying so much on the tendon, without throwing so much stress into your tendon. And how we do this is just basic isometric exercises and what we call long duration isometrics or long duration eccentric exercises. It's under very low load, 
But the key here is that what we do is we focus on voluntarily activating your muscles, making sure that you can squeeze and utilize them, and then start to work on that basic activation pattern, the endurance, getting your blood flow to the muscles, energy systems to the muscles, and making sure that we're attacking that foundational level to actually develop some strength and get those muscles to turn back on. That's super crucial, I think, with any tendonitis. You see this a lot is that a lot of times you do low level activities to start to build that strength back up. But the key thing here is that if you take out some of the repetitious things, especially what I have seen through experience and of course through research, the less repetitious type of movements and the more activation exercises, getting isometric holds in, long duration eccentrics, this oftentimes helps you to get the most muscle strengthening, most bang for your buck without irritating that tendon. So that is the third step, just doing basic strength and activation exercises. And this isn't only with that agonist, with the muscle that's attaching to that tendon. This is with everything that might need to get reset so that we start to move better and start to gear it towards your activity or sport in the future. Now, the next step is probably the biggest thing, and this is where I spend a lot of time educating clients, patients, athletes, is to modify activities. A lot of times you think, okay, if I just keep pushing through this, then it should go away and I'm going to get stronger and get back to my sport. But that is really not how the body works. Once you have a pain signal, once your body associates and feels pain, everything's going to be changed. Muscular tension, how you're moving, compensatory patterns, all of that is affected by pain, whether you know it or not. It's automatically happening. That's just how the body works. So the more that you push through your activities, the more you're going to start to develop more muscular imbalance, more compensatory patterns, and things are going to start to shut down and, and pose more problems in the future. So what I always tell athletes is that once you're in this point, you need to modify activities. And of course, this depends on the situation that you're in. If you're in season or out of season, if this is off season, preseason, maybe postseason play, the strategies here are going to have to be reasonable and something that you can do to help your body again get back on track. So modifying activities doesn't mean that you have to stop everything. Because if you do activities well and it does not irritate your tendinopathy, that is going to help you gain some strength, gain some conditioning, and help you to progress back to 100%. But if you push beyond that, everybody has this certain threshold at a certain point in time. If you start to push beyond that, then it's just going to be counterproductive. You're going to go beyond that threshold. Your muscles cannot meet the demands of that activity or that task again. And then it's going to start to go into your joint, your tendons, and you're going to start to cycle all over again. So the key thing here is finding what can you tolerate? What can your muscles tolerate? What can your cardiovascular system tolerate? What kinds of volume can you train at and not go overboard so that you create excessive inflammation in your tendon again? Once you find that, it has to be a very progressive, systematic way to progress you back into 100% participation in your activity or your sport. And that's the key thing. There's so many facets of training. 
It could be getting your muscles not only strong, but getting them in condition to last so many minutes in a game. It could also be making sure that you can withstand, if you have patellar tendonitis, withstand so much volume or so many number of jumps and landings so that you can replicate game situations and practice demands throughout the week. It may also mean just getting the cardiovascular system back and making sure that you don't feel so fatigued because that's when you start to move poorly. And again, that starts to fuel that fire for that tendinopathy. So you need to find what you need to address, what facet or area in strength and conditioning you need to target and start to progress that back gradually. And that's just basic training. Again, if you train smart and you do things that help to build your body up, then this is really going to help. Now, going back to the modifying activities, sometimes this just means maybe in the interim, you only can tolerate 50% of reps in practice, or you only can tolerate 50% intensity of your workouts at the gym. Whatever it might be, you need to find that right volume, that right intensity, and start there. And remember all of the things that we're doing with mobility and basic strength and activation exercises? The key point here is to carry that over into your training and into your activity. You don't want to be doing things that are creating all this excessive tightness again, that's breaking your body down, that's making you compensate through movements. You want to be able to translate some of the things that we've been working on and still working on simultaneously as you get better so that you can move better and develop that strength and conditioning so that we don't create more inflammation going into your tendon. So that's what I mean by modify activities. And you gradually, every week, try to see how you tolerate, see how your body feels from a recovery standpoint, see how your body feels from a strength standpoint, and then start to progressively add on a little bit more every week, all the way until you reach 100% of performance and even beyond that. Carry these concepts on beyond your injury. And this is just how you should train and attack the way that you do some strength and conditioning in the future. Now, the fifth thing, which is another big thing, is lifestyle modifications. A lot of times you'll see any type of tendonitis, let's say patellar tendonitis, and you don't realize that walking up and down your stairs five times a day is actually making it worse. It's not helping the case. Or you have, let's say, lateral epicondylitis, tennis elbow, and you realize that, oh yeah, the way that I'm typing on the computer every day, that's not the best way. It actually makes my muscles feel really stiff and it doesn't help my elbow. It actually causes a little bit more pain after. These are things throughout the day that is not necessarily associated with strength and conditioning and training, but it is movement. It is stuff that our body has to do and you need to take into consideration all of the things that we're doing throughout the day and what kinds of effects it's having on your body. So that's the fifth step is just to pay attention to what you need to modify in daily living. See what kinds of effects certain things have, what types of things alleviate the symptoms and what kinds of things aggravate the symptoms. If we can do more of the things that alleviate the symptoms, especially during that initial stage to kind of reverse this vicious cycle, that's going to have a big difference more than you can ever imagine. And the more that we can be in tune with this, the more we'll know what kinds of things we'll do to help us progress forward. The other thing with lifestyle modifications too is other aspects. So things like nutrition, 
I often have conversations about nutrition because sometimes that could be the underlying issue why you're not getting rid of this inflammation and why it's nagging so long even though you're doing all of the right things with the rehab the strength and conditioning and nutrition basic things are you getting enough energy before your activities I mean if your muscle does not have enough energy if you cannot carry out your activities because you're feeling fatigued because you're feeling drained then these are things that affect the way we move and over time this could add up over a couple months that could have a very detrimental effect on how your body is tolerating some of your practice schedules your training your strength and conditioning so nutrition pay attention to what you're eating throughout the day now not only pre-workout meals but also after workouts are you getting enough nutrients in you or are you trying a so-called new diet because you're trying to lose weight or do something else because that's not always the best thing and that does have an effect on how your body actually recovers how your muscles recover how you're able to tolerate the demands and stressors of physical activities and how that accumulates to either break you down or build you up in the upcoming weeks now beyond pre-workout and post-workout meals just daily nutritional habits i mean are you hydrated are you consuming foods that are pro-inflammatory or anti-inflammatory are you getting healthy fats in your system are you getting a good balance of protein carbs and fats are you getting the fruits and veggies to give your body the nutrients that it needs to repair tissues i won't go too much into this but it's just basic lifestyle habits that's what nutrition is that's usually how i coach nutrition but these are lifestyle modifications that may have either contributed to the tendinopathy or may help you to recover from any type of tendinopathy and the last thing i want to say with lifestyle modifications is stress and sleep i mean that's huge it takes a toll on your body if you're not de-stressing properly if you're not getting adequate amounts and good quality of sleep that will have a very big effect on how our body responds to all of the activities that you're doing so lifestyle modifications again pay attention to everything that's affecting your body and the ability to recover and rehab from any type of tendinopathy and step six this is all about maintenance throughout this process typically what people see is they learn more about movement more about how to train smart more about what mobility areas to attack more about the lifestyle modifications and this helps you to use all of these lessons learned to help you maintain and actually train smarter and also train harder in the future so that you don't have any of these types of injuries joint pains tendinosis tendinopathy and you can actually attack training build your body up build up your strength and conditioning build up your tolerance to all of your activities without having to worry about am i putting extra stress into my joints so to recap we want to be able to meet the demands from a strength standpoint intensity coordination power standpoint everything that we need to do to carry out certain movements and sports and activities when we cannot do that Typically, stress is going to be thrown into areas that shouldn't be absorbing these types of forces, and that's when our body starts to break down. When we get to this point, you're really not building your body up, you're not improving, you're not progressing, and it's going to affect your performance and lead to injury. So if we can attack this in the early stages, you will be much better off and get back on track. 
the six steps that I went over today is get checked out, understand what the issue is, understand how you're moving, understand how to improve technique and biomechanics. Step two is address mobility. Mobility will always be a red flag and something that you'll have to combat when you're getting into these situations of pain and tendinopathy. Step three, do basic strength and activation exercises. Start to use the muscles how they're meant to be used. Start to reset your movement patterns and make sure that your muscles can absorb all of the force. Step four is to modify activities. You need to understand that threshold as to what is tolerable to help to build your body back up. We can't just jump back in because a lot of times that drastic change in intensity and volume, that's what started the tendinopathy in the first place. Step five is understanding that everything we do on a daily basis, your entire lifestyle has an effect on how you're going to respond, adapt, and recover from all of the physical stressors. And this goes with things like nutrition, stress, and sleep as well. And step six is understand all of the things that you need to do as an individual to help you progress, help maintain being injury-free, help to be proactive and prevent injuries, but also how to train smart so that you can always build your body up and enjoy all of the things that you love to do. These were just the key concepts of what I'm looking at in the clinic. Of course, every single injury, the fine details of what the individual is experiencing and going through and the underlying causes might be slightly different. But this big picture, these concepts is pretty much what everyone with any type of tendonitis, tendon issue, inflammation will deal with and what needs to be addressed. If you are battling with any type of tendonitis, I would love to hear how this has helped you. You can email me at andrew at hnlmovement.com. You can tag me on social media at hnlmovement or use the hashtag hnlmovement or team hnl. Also, if you know of anybody that is experiencing injury, tendonitis, send this to them. And this will give them the bigger picture as to what is going on, what brought this on, and how do I get myself out of this situation. Overall, I hope this episode helped. I hope you got a lot of take-home messages out of this because it's not only when you're dealing with injury that these concepts apply, it's also when you're just training. You want to train smart so that you can keep progressing and just get stronger and enjoy all of the things that you love to do. Thanks again for listening and thank you for all of the support. I hope everyone has a great week ahead of them. Remember, let's keep moving, keep training, and progressing to leading a better lifestyle and improving your overall performance. I'll be back here next week. Aloha.